All right, welcome to the Surveillance Report 164 Q&A, where we are answering questions from our patrons who are subscribed at $5 a month or more. This week is kind of slow. We only have two questions. One is about our opinion of dark web monitoring services, and the other is about camera apps on Android. So we'll just keep it quick and we'll dive right in. So David Johnson says, what are your thoughts on the value or lack thereof of various dark web monitoring type services? And do you rely on anything of the sort? Basically, on the one hand, they could really help out alongside of other um, data removal services that we recommend. On the other hand, it seems hard to assess how effective a vendor actually is at this. It's also unclear if you should go with one of the mainstream services or, you know, there's also other organizations that focus more like IT departments, but they're probably a little more expensive but they're also probably a little better. Kind of a very complicated question. David ends by asking, how do you approach this aspect of personal data privacy and security? Personally, I'm going to be 100% honest, I just don't worry about it because actually I would love the community, please tell me if I'm wrong, but from my understanding, the literal definition of, is it dark web or deep web? I can't remember, but the literal definition is that it's not indexed by search engines. So I don't understand how- That's the deep web. That's the deep web? Okay. Which the dark web is part of the dark, deep dark web is like onion addresses and it's okay so that's part of the deep like, web okay so that's that's part of it is that it's not indexed by search engines which means that my question is always how do these services know when your data appears like sure they could join telegram channels and known websites and stuff like that and kind of set up like a flag of some kind I'm sure that's totally feasible but what about when a new service springs up they don't know about it until they hear about it. And I mean, I guess that's kind of true of any service, but it's just, it just seems to me like it would be a lot harder for them to actually discover these new services and discover that your data is out there. And then furthermore, how do they get it removed? Especially because in this particular context, most of these dark websites who host this kind of data probably don't care about takedown requests or DMCA notices or anything like that. Like they just don't care. So I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I just don't see the point. Like, I, I guess it's, it might be worthwhile to know if your data's out there for some people, but you can't actually do anything about it. So for me, it just seems more like more anxiety inducing than anything. First off, I think the whole dark web monitoring is very much marketing because if you've ever used, have I been pwned? A lot of those actually come from the dark web, but you don't see it being marketed as dark web email checker if you've been like actually a lot of those are from the dark web I and mean, that's where that data comes from well, a so, lot of them just ping have i been phones api don't they i don't know about that i haven't looked too far into these services or at but, least i know a lot um, of the password checkers do so a lot of services do hook into have I been pwned and even the stuff that I think Mozilla uses also hooks into have I been pwned. Have I been pwned is kind of the gold standard I've seen for this kind of stuff. And then also it's dark web monitoring. I haven't actually seen many of these services claim they're going to remove the information for you. I've it's seen a couple. It's not super common, I've, but I've seen one or two. Yeah. Most of them are just like, we'll let you know if your social security number is on the dark web. And it's like, okay, cool. Thanks. I think the difference with things like delete me and these other services, which I still say, like, it's not for everybody, even those services, I think they're for some people who really need that. But they're actually actively designed to delete data, which, like you said, maybe there's some of these dark web ones that do that as well. But also, these dark web breaches are more like massive dumps of data. These are, you know, gigabytes, these are from data breaches that we talk about every week on surveillance report. Those aren't the kind of pieces of data that you can do much about. There's always going to be copies of that data, I feel. I actually don't know how a service can guarantee they're going to delete that data. Where I come at with this is you should already be aliasing things. You already should have frozen your credit. 
So this shouldn't matter if your social security number is online, I guess, outside of more of the social aspects of that. If someone, if it's tied to your first and last name and now someone can look that up, that is a little bit concerning, not an ideal situation to be in. But also, I feel like the damage someone can do, even if they really wanted to do something, is fairly limited if you have your credit frozen. So I think it always comes back to our normal advice, which is alias your stuff, use different addresses, and all of that good stuff. And sure, you can use a monitoring service to let you know if something's been caught. But I think relying on tools like Have It Been Pwned are going to be much better. And also, this reminds me, too, of it's kind of a random comparison, but a lot of doctors actually don't recommend these weird genetic tests that tell you what you're predisposed to later on in life. Because A, there's nothing you can do about it, and B, all it's going to do is make you more anxious for it. And C, most of those things you're going to know when they happen, or before they happen. And there's really no use in knowing, oh, I'm more predisposed to having this thing in 50 years in my life. And so I actually see a lot of criticism towards doing those services. And I feel like this kind of falls in that boat of like, sure, there isn't any harm technically. But if you get notified every other day about some like random email from 10 years ago, that's being shared around on the dark web. I just I don't see what the value is. Maybe you see value. I actually don't know what the value is for this, though, personally. Okay, so while you were talking, I had one pop into my head, I could see one genuinely constructed piece of value from these kinds of services. And that's the fact that here in America, I think technically there is now, but it's pretty fast and loose. There's no real requirement for companies to disclose data breaches. I don't know how common it is, but at least in the news articles we read, it's fairly uncommon for someone to post a, a, a like, hey, I have this, this breach data from Facebook, and it turns out it's not true. So I could see the value of knowing like, oh, there's this breach. The company hasn't disclosed it yet. I know I'm affected and now I can take appropriate measures. But at the same time, I agree with you that if, if you care enough to purchase this kind of monitoring thing, I would argue that you're probably already the type of person who's aliasing, who's using voice over IP, who's not reusing passwords, who's got 2FA enabled, frozen your credit, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and I think that's a valid point. And the only thing I'll say to that is, I think it's assuming the efficacy of these tools is really high, first off, which I don't know, it could be. I'm just saying, I'm just really struggling to understand this. Okay, Norton, I've seen Norton has a dark web monitoring service, or it's Symantec, I don't know what what it's branded under. What I don't understand is, through your scenario, let's say that they have your social security number, and then they ping it and they're constantly monitoring the dark web, and they're like, oh, shoot, we found it. Shoot, that sucks. They let you know. Are you telling me that they don't have people that are like, oh, this is probably part of a bigger data breach, and now it's instantly exposed to be a data breach? Like, it doesn't make sense to me that if they do randomly stumble on someone's SSN that's part of a data breach, that now is not a old, like, now discovered data breach that wouldn't now just pop up on have it been pwned. I see what you're saying, but my thing is it might take a while for the company or even you to know, like, let's assume the average person, like some of my family members, they don't follow the news. They don't follow like this kind of news. They don't follow the news. They don't follow. Have I been pwned? The only way they really know is when they get the email that says, Hey, you were caught in a data breach sucks to suck. We're not going to do anything about it. I mentioned before, I have like a TikTok video about the move it breach that to this day, I'm still getting people leaving comments like, hey, I just got a a letter in the mail that I was impacted by this. A lot of people aren't keeping up with these kind of stories. And the only way they find out is when they get that letter in the mail. So I could see it being useful in that sense of like, oh, at least now I know I was hitting a data breach a week before the company actually comes clean because they always love to do that. But I do see your point. You would think that Norton, especially if they have so many clients, 
that when 500 people suddenly pop up at once, it's like, oh, we got a data breach and we should probably tell somebody. But then that also gets into the question of would they feel obligated to tell anybody? Because I don't think they're legally required to. But would they even care to like shoot this company an email and be like, hey, somebody claims they have your data? Right. Where I fall with this is I'm just not familiar with these services, specifically these dark web services, and I don't know about their efficacy, but what I can speak to is people like Troy Hunt, I, as far as I know, have never recommended these services, and this is more or less what I'd consider an expert in this space, because he quite literally runs like the top service that's constantly compiling these data breaches and he's now the authority on data breaches essentially anytime there's a data breach there's always a troy hunt has like commented on this and i just feel like he's never suggested these and i feel like if there was any value to them he'd be coming forward and suggesting them and all the services that we recommend have integrations with having been pwned and not dark web monitoring services I'll just go ahead and end by saying if we're wrong and anyone like has used these things or like, no, here's this like really awesome benefit that you guys are clearly not aware of, like feel free to leave it in the comments, but otherwise, yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. All right. Well, the second question comes from Mr. Camel. What camera app would y'all recommend on Android? I haven't deviated from the default camera app yet for my Android device with the logic that the app that comes with the phone should be more optimized for taking better quality photos in a third party camera app. I think I'm at the point though where I'm okay if I have a little bit less quality and I haven't even tested it. Maybe everything will be fine. I'll try Fossify Camera when that eventually releases. But while I'm waiting for that, might as well ask for suggestions. So a few things here. Do keep in mind that you are right and that some, especially on Pixels, the Google Camera app is actually going to give you oftentimes better quality than other ones because they're actually integrating with the hardware features on Pixels, which other camera apps can't always do. It depends on the phone. I assume some phones that won't matter, but at least for Pixels, yes, sticking with the stock Google Camera app actually does have perks. With that said, they asked about Fossify Camera. Simple mobile tools, which I think we covered, got bought out. There's a fork of that now called Fossify. So essentially, Essentially, this person's waiting for the fork of Simple Mobile Tools to release their camera app. In the meantime, I've used Open Camera, and Open Camera is really nice. It's from F-Droid. It's very clunky and overwhelming, but feature-filled. So if you're somebody who likes a lot of customizability, that's not a bad option to send your way, and that's something I've used. But I will say, I actually found the quality on Open Camera a lot worse than Gcam on a Pixel, because again, Pixels better integrate with the hardware when you use the Gcam. And that was on Calyx OS. And Calyx OS actually has, I don't know if they still have this, if this is still an issue, but back in the day, if you tried to install Gcam on Calyx, like the preview wouldn't work. If you clicked the preview, it would like crash the app or it wouldn't open or something. So I think they actually released a patched version of it, or they released some way to use Gcam on Calyx because of a little workaround that they set up. Gcam's nice. It's a nice app. Just turn off the internet for it and you're good. That was kind of like, one of my thoughts is, so So I went to Aurora just now to check and see if the Google camera was in the Aurora store. Is that Gcam? It should be Gcam, yeah. Okay. Maybe the one I looked at was something different, because it said something about a camera ported for Android something something. But if it is in Aurora, then yeah, I would say, like, feel free to use that and just, if you're on Calyx, just use the firewall and disable the... Uh, the network access, because it shouldn't really need any of that. I don't even know if it does. I just do just in case. Kind of like how I disable it for a lot of things. Like the calculator. (laughs) All kinds of random stuff that never need. The problem is most of the stuff I do is so, like, internet connected. Like, I look at it, and I'm like, okay, like, Librera Reader, Libra Reader, whatever. It's like, okay, that doesn't need it, but AntennaPod, yeah, I need to download podcasts. New Pipe, uh, yeah, I need to download videos. (laughs) Like, 
most of the things yeah, I use do act. That's where a DNS filter comes in, though, because then you can outright blocks for certain apps, and then apps where you want some traffic, that's where the DNS filter comes in. Because then you go, I only want my five RSS feeds pinged, but none of the none of the other stuff. <laughs> I use Blockada. That helps a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can use... Okay, cool. Yeah. I was also going to say privacy was what came to mind. I mean shocker on the podcast privacy was what came to mind when i was reading this question and so we can't name it because the developer doesn't like it when we talk about him even if it's in a positive light but there is an android os that released a camera app into the play store that does not store any metadata i don't know about the quality per se i would assume it's probably not quite on par because like you mentioned like gcam actually accesses certain hardware features i could be wrong about that i i haven't looked into it but um, if you're looking specifically for privacy, that would probably be the best solution. Otherwise, if you're looking more for kind of a blend of privacy and quality, I mean, it still couldn't hurt to check it out and, you know, test it and see how it does. But yeah, maybe maybe something more like open camera. Again, if you are on Calyx, Gcam, and block it with a firewall and all that fun stuff. So just, uh, yeah, I would say just experiment and see see what works and also you know make make sure you look at updates because i know like a camera app probably doesn't need to be updated like every week but if it hasn't been updated in like three years that might be an issue that was all we had this week a short short week thank you to uh to mr camel and david johnson for being patrons and asking questions and thank you to all of our patrons not just the ones who ask questions we really appreciate you guys if you would like to ask us a question you can do that for five dollars a month or more on patreon so far they've all been on topic enough or like appropriate enough that we've answered most of them almost all of them so thank you guys again thanks for watching and we will see you in surveillance port 165 which should be out sometime this weekend.